0: future friends, haters, and ex-lovers, welcome back to another episode of Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold, and before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to share a couple of the things that I've been thinking about this week. So, I recently watched Money Shot on Netflix, which is their doc about Pornhub, and there were a few things that stood out to me. While I think it's safe to say that Pornhub was extremely problematic for unregulating their web traffic, and for all of the non-consensual porn that they routinely kept up on their sites, it's also worth noting that this is a universal problem on all platforms. Like, Facebook, Twitter, definitely Reddit across the internet. This is an internet problem, not just a Pornhub problem. But most notably, I think it's really important that we all make the distinction between sex work and sex workers and material that is being uploaded against consent, because the two things are not the same. And when we try to cancel porn or sex work, what we're really doing is just hurting the adult consenting individuals who are actually trying to make a living out of sex work, right? Which is not the same as somebody that has been sex trafficked or revenge porn. Like people that do not consent are not the same as people who are actively trying to do this as a living. And to me, what I found so fascinating is I just feel like the more we try to cancel sex work, the more it stigmatizes just sex, porn, kinks in general, which doesn't help any of us. We are already living in a culture of such extremes. On the one hand, sex is glorified and in our faces just every day, but it's also shameful. Most of us grew up with shame around sex acts, and even now, I think most people think of sex as something that is super private and personal, which by the way is is totally fine. But then, when I read articles like the one I read this week in Vice where Rachel Bilson is talking about how she never had an orgasm till she was 38 38 and then whitney cummings is like echoing that i go wait a damn minute wait a damn minute what is happening i have to stop and wonder like if we were talking more about these things if female pleasure was something that was a lot less taboo would this still be an issue so this is tmi but (laughs) welcome to the podcast I was recently with a partner, we dated back in 2015, but he lives in another country and so when we're both single and in the same city, we hook up. And it's been like that for like eight years now. And the thing about this person is that he and I have always had electric sex, like mind-blowing multiple orgasms kind of sex. So the other day I just asked him, I was like, what do you think it is about our dynamic? A, and B, how is it that you're good at this? Who taught you? How did you learn this? I'm starting to ask the partners that I have great sex with because the truth is I've had a lot of very bad sex. You know, I feel like nobody really knows what they're doing. And a lot of times it seems like people walk into new relationships, hookups, one night stands, just hoping that magic is going to happen and that it's going to be quote unquote good. As opposed to us really understanding our bodies and anatomy and some universal truths about pleasure, right? There are universal truths about pleasure for men and for women. Anyway, I just believe, I have to believe that if we start talking about some of these taboo topics more, whether it's sex, love, relationship, boundaries, or totally different money, religion, that our lives are going to improve. The better off we'll all be. So yeah, that's just what I've been thinking about this week. If you have any thoughts on that, please DM me or if you're listening to this on Spotify, leave a comment. I'm so curious to know what you guys think. And I guess it also ties into today's crime, because today's crime touches on the taboo topic of virginity, adult virginity. And there's no one better to help me break down the facts of this case than today's special guest. Today's guest is an actress, a comedian, the co-host of one of the biggest podcasts in the world. She's also a miniature mouse, a Friends historian, and Matt Damon's biggest fan. I'm talking about none other than Miss Monica Padman. Welcome to Crimes of the Heart. Thanks for having me.
1: I'm so excited to be here and that couldn't be more of an accurate introduction.
0: It truly is. Yeah. Yes. Well, I love we that. know each other, so you know, <laughs> you know things about me. This that is others true. Don't. Also, because of that, I will say today's story comes from a woman in Georgia. <gasps>
1: Yeah. Lots of ding, ding, dings Lots there. of ding, ding, dings. Oh, my God. Sim. I think everything's sim. Yeah,
0: this is... The, okay. <laughs> this is weird, because I know things about the story that you don't know yet, and I feel like it's even it's going to get even more simmier. Ooh, can't wait. Okay. Hit it. A quick disclaimer. Our episodes deal with serious incidents and triggering subject matter. If you feel like, at any time, you need support... Please do not hesitate to grab a cocktail, share this with a friend, or contact us with your own stories. We are here to listen and liberate. Contact information can be found in the show notes. The names in the following episode have not been changed to protect
1: the innocent or the guilty.
2: I remember one of his co-workers said to him, it's not going to end well. She's not going to just fall for you, and she's not going to just sleep with you, and this is just not going to end well. This is
0: Kirsten. Our story is set in Hollywood, California, a place famous for rebels and ingenues and their happily ever afters. But like most Hollywood tales, all that glitters is not gold. Today's crime deals with
2: sex, duplicity, and the need for validation. One of my dearest friends in L.A. was having a birthday party and we had been to like three spots already and I was over the night.
0: But her friend convinces her to go for one last drink.
2: They end up at Bar Mar Mall. And I literally, I kid you not, I look up and I see if someone said, tell me what your perfect physical type would be, it was this guy that was behind the bar.
0: Let's call him Tyler. Kirsten is standing next to an overserved woman who keeps wobbling in her heels.
2: But despite her inebriation, she's shamelessly trying to get Tyler's attention. I'm kind of watching him watch her, and we're kind of enjoying her just being a train wreck of trying to order a drink. And he goes, is she with you? And I was like, no. Tyler smiles, before asking Kirsten what she wants to drink. As he's making her martini, they exchange playful flirtation. <laughs> to her surprise, Tyler's not just hot, he's also funny. So we're like joking around back and forth, and I'm enjoying the banter, because to me, that's my love language. Like, witty banter is my love language. I'm enjoying it. They spend the rest of the night exchanging zingers like two tennis players competing at Wimbledon. And then, he slides a napkin over to me with a pen, but he doesn't say anything. So Kirsten draws him a picture of a palm tree and a sunset and slides it back and he goes uh i was looking for your number and i was like well i kind of hope you had balls enough to ask oh shit tyler's hooked the chemistry between the two of them is it's like fireworks So just before Kirsten leaves... I finally give him my number. ...eager, Tyler asks her what she's doing later, to which she promptly responds... I'm not that girl. You're a very good-looking bartender in the middle of the Hollywood strip. No, I'm not going to go home with you. Tyler tries to backtrack, but it's too late. Kirsten flashes him a smile and heads home. And I think in that moment, I became this challenge of, like, this girl isn't falling for me and, like, my normal shtick.
0: Tyler was a playboy, and Kirsten was saving herself for marriage. So she was a challenge. But despite their differences, Tyler and Kirsten continued to text each other at all hours of the day for several weeks on end. And
2: every time Tyler tries to hit Kirsten up late night, she tells him, I'm asleep, or I'm like, I'm going to bed. I'm not going to meet you at 3 o'clock in the morning. Finally. Tyler asks her out for a proper day date. He takes her to breakfast. We walk in, we hug, and like, the conversation never stops. They finish breakfast, and — He was really excited because he had just <laughs> — Thank you. He just got a new Audi convertible, and he was, like, really excited to show me. Wow. Kirsten is immediately taken aback
0: by how wealthy Tyler is. He's a trust fund kid from New York who's used to getting exactly what he wants when he wants it, which is 180
2: degrees different to Kirsten's humble beginnings as one of five kids. So we end up leaving, and I'm just like, okay, bye! And he's like, that's it? I'm like, yeah, that's it, goodbye! They continue to get to know each other over breakfast and brunch dates,
0: until one day Kirsten agrees to grab drinks with Tyler at his place. She walks in and immediately notices that it feels like a well-designed bachelor pad.
2: Even the bathroom was unique. He had a black chalkboard painted bathroom. And? He had all these like drawings and people would sign it and stuff. So... I drew the same picture that I'd drawn on the napkin I draw everywhere with like a palm tree and a sunset or wherever it was. And there was a lot of girls' names on there, but I just like didn't go into it. They have another great date and they share their first kiss before Kirsten asks Tyler to take her home. And he, again, he's just like, wait, what, who are you? Like, I'm just so confused. Kirsten is the product of a very religious upbringing, and she was working three jobs just to try and make ends meet. He got like $700,000 when he turned 21 as people do. They
0: were opposites in every way, but Tyler and Kirsten were hopelessly attracted to one another.
2: And so I was just so different than every other girl he had dated in that way. And if I'd be really honest, I craved that. Like I craved if I could quote unquote, fix the bad boy, like every romantic comedy, then that would prove my worth, right? So I was enjoying kind of being special. So I definitely had some things that I needed to work out, but we just kind of fell really hard, really fast. Fast forward.
0: It's five months into their relationship, and Tyler is about to introduce Kirsten to his father, a wealthy businessman whose approval means everything to him. The three
2: have lunch. And afterwards, Tyler's father Literally hugs me and he goes, I'm so glad my son met you, you're incredible.
0: Three days later, Tyler breaks up with Kirsten. When she asks why, Tyler confesses to kissing another woman.
2: So it went from I love you, meet my dad, my dad loves you, maybe I cheated on you, I can't do this anymore. And he broke up with me. Kirsten asks where this is coming from. Tyler says, I really thought when we said I love you that you would finally sleep with me and you didn't and I can't do this anymore. It was not the first time Kirsten had been dumped over this, but it was devastating and gut-wrenching and horrible. Despite
0: immense sadness, Kirsten does her best to move forward. And two months later,
2: and I'm slowly but surely starting to get over him. But then, like clockwork, Tyler comes back and he starts pursuing me hardcore. He's like, I spoke with a pastor. I spoke with a priest. I think I believe in God. Like, it's the like, like full court press, like, Texting me, calling me, wanting to see me. So he's pursuing me, pursuing me, pursuing me. And he said, I knew I needed to be with you because I couldn't even get it up with other girls. I tried, but I couldn't. Like, I want you. Thus begins
0: Tyler's full court press to win Kirsten back. And one month later, he succeeds.
2: Over the next few months, they grow closer and... The more vulnerable he got, the more transparent he got. Translation, Tyler had cheated with several women. Cheater! I was thinking, oh, well now he's just like telling me the truth of things he was scared to tell me because he thought he, I would shame him or like. So it's just very like convoluted and confusing. And I also, looking back, I realized I wasn't telling people anything because I wanted to protect him. And while someone else might have ended things, Kirsten felt like, I just wanted to unconditionally love him because he'd never known what unconditionally love was. And he was always abandoned. And I wanted to be the one that didn't abandon him. Plus, if he's deciding to make changes in his life and be loyal, committed and transparent and vulnerable and honest, then I have to acknowledge that and I need to then not resent and hold the past against him. So she
0: battles with her trust issues and commits to loving the man she she believes will be her husband. Until one day, Kirsten snaps. The differences between them were too great, and Tyler had pushed her too far.
2: So Kirsten ends things, and Tyler promptly spirals. Uh-oh. He's like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to call you and tell you one thing I love about you for the next 48 hours. And I was like, okay. Because one of my love languages is like words of affirmation. And Tyler does. He calls or texts Kirsten on the hour
0: every hour for two full days. Meanwhile, Kirsten is thinking, my dad was
2: definitely a player before he met my mom. So that's also in my mind. I'm like, well, I know so many guys that are like assholes, but then they meet the right girl and they're so great. So that's what real love is, right? Like real love is when a guy changes for you because that proves your worth. 48 hours and 48 compliments later, Tyler asks Kirsten to meet him at the Chateau Marmont. When she arrives at his room. Go to the balcony and there's candles everywhere. I mean, it looked like a fucking Reese Witherspoon movie. Tyler gets down on one knee and proposes. Will you marry me? I was so happy. But I remember kind of having this like thought in my head. I don't want to get engaged until we've, he's been basically a year sober from other women. That was something that was like really important to me. I want to make sure he can go a full calendar year. But Kirsten says yes. Hooray! And the two begin to plan their wedding. As the months pass, Tyler continues his party boy ways. But he had all of me, like literally unconditionally. And I think that's why I so easily, readily forgave him. Because I thought we were moving forward. I didn't realize I was moving forward, but he was just hanging out.
0: He also validated a part of her that she never realized was broken.
2: I was bullied a ton as a kid. (gasps) And I moved out to LA, and one of the first things I got was, she's not pretty enough. So the fact that this, like, literal male model is telling me, I love you, I want to marry you, is filling a need that I desperately needed to be filled but should have never been filled by him because I needed to actually deal with that myself.
0: It's two months before their wedding, and Kirsten is sitting on the edge of Tyler's bed tying bows on their wedding invitations.
2: And he came in and he sat down and he looked at me and he was like, I don't think I love you anymore. I don't know what love is. And I was so calm and I just sat in the room for 45 minutes. I literally held the invitation for probably 10 minutes. Kirsten knows he cheated. She just feels it. So she asks Tyler and he tells her that he kissed one
0: of his coworkers.
2: He's like, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe like I was engaged and this was forever and I just freaked out. She feels sick to her stomach.
0: So Kirsten runs to the bathroom and hovers
2: over the toilet. And I just remember looking and realizing there were so many girls' names and even some numbers still on the wall and we were engaged and we're gonna get married in two months. And I don't know why I never noticed that. But almost as quickly as Tyler had pulled the plug, he takes it back, begging to get
0: married. Please. He promises counseling and Kirsten accepts.
2: Another week goes by. Then, out of the blue, Tyler texts her and says, I can't do this, this is over. And then I said, what do you want with the ring? And he's like, it's yours, I gave it to you. And I was like, okay, we're supposed to meet with the priest, he's supposed to marry us, he's in town. He goes, I'll still do that. They pick up the priest and he gives them some advice. He said, listen, this is what I'm gonna tell you to do. You guys shouldn't talk for the next week. You guys should talk to me, use me like a mediator, but you guys need space from each other to like figure out what is gonna happen. Do not call anything off. Do not talk to your friends and family about this. You do not need to hear other people's voices in your head right now. He's like, so if you have a trusted person, great, but he's like, don't just start talking to people.
0: Naturally, Tyler goes on his bachelor party to Mexico. While he's crushing beers on the beach, Kirsten is with her best friend, crying (laughs) and… praying that we would end up together. Her friend insists on getting her out of the house. They go to dinner, and despite her
2: tears, Kirsten pretends to be happy. I wanted him to see me and be like, this is what I've given up. So, Kirsten stages a photo for Facebook. We were still engaged on Facebook at this point. And I remember I posted it and I was thinking, this is it, he'll see this. And he'll be like, this is the girl. What am I thinking? Instead, Tyler has the priest call her a few days later. The priest was like, I don't wanna be the one to tell you, but like, I'm not gonna not tell you. So he said, I'm really sorry, but this isn't gonna happen. He couldn't even tell me that it was over when Tyler eventually calls. He was like, I always thought the sex would fix everything, but we had more issues than the sex. In fact, you could tell he still hadn't, like, could not believe he'd never been able to get me to have sex with him. Like, it was still something that I think will always, not haunt him, that's way too dramatic, but yeah. Kirsten is devastated. And before we even got off the phone, he had blocked me on Facebook. So he never saw that photo. I think I held so much hope in that photo because I was so sure that if he saw it, everything was going to be okay. And he was going to realize. Tyler
0: never did realize, but everything was going to be okay. It would just take
2: some time. When asked about her loss and the marriage that could have been, Kirsten says this any ending of a relationship is a death, right? Like having someone look you in the face and being like, I don't love you, I don't want you, is the worst pain for me. I think everybody has kind of their worst nightmare, but that was my worst nightmare and it came true. And I think the fact that I not only like survived it, but I'm thriving after it is pretty incredible and a testament to like, for me, the grace of God, but you know, the universe, whatever, whatever anybody wants to call it, I just feel so grateful that I went through it.
0: Because it forced Kirsten to heal parts of herself she never realized were broken. And in doing so, she met someone even better. He really is the best guy. And she was a bird. Three kids and 12 years of marriage later, Kirsten wouldn't trade her experiences with Tyler for the world. Because ultimately, it led her to her happily ever after, after all.
1: Wow. Yeah, thoughts on that? I have, <laughs> I have so many. I'll start with, sure. I'm really happy for her that I am. I'm happy for her that she had the realization she had. Yeah. Which is that she was hoping to get approval from someone she she deemed, quote, higher status. Mm. I mean, those are my
0: words. But that's what she admitted to. No, I mean, she talks about needing validation. And I think super self-aware. And obviously, now she's a mom of three kids. And she's been married for 12 years. It's easier to look back on that. But that I relate to. Same.
1: Uh, Same. And I think... Most people do, and it's a hard thing to talk about because it sounds so gross,
0: but it's real. I don't think it's that gross. I mean, yes, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think it's that gross, and I think it's really powerful to be like, these are my insecurities, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yes. I mean, I... Uh-
1: And it is literally evolutionary for us to kind of be looking up at some sort of alpha. And then, you know, whatever, it's 2023. We should bring ourselves back down. We should counter that programming, I think. But that natural instinct is, of course, going to happen. I do it all the time. All the time? Yeah. Like I'm always looking up at, oh god, this is so um, immediately (laughs) or immediately (laughs) like vulnerable I guess. But yes, so
0: I just met with Matchmaker.
1: (gasps) So this is coming at a perfect time chatting with you.
0: Wait, for real? Yeah. What's crazy is for people that don't know, Monica and I do know each other. So the fact that I don't know this is kind of shocking. It just happened. Major I want to know everything that you're comfortable sharing. Okay. She's Awesome.
1: (gasps) I was very, obviously, you know me. trepidation, Very skeptical. (laughs) Yes, yes. A friend, a mutual friend, knows her and said, I think you should talk to her. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. I have no interest in that. That sounds awful. Who are these people on here? Who's paying for this? I can't, no, I was just so against it. And then I had to sit, you know, that's always my instinct
0: in dating in general. You know I know I know a man who is very high powered, very successful successful that uses a matchmaker.
1: Well, yeah, so I sat with it and I thought, what am I what am I doing? What am I resisting against? Yes, what's happening okay. here? And, and it, it's like all circles back to the same thing of like fear of rejection, not wanting to put myself in a position for people to say no. I mean, things that have been going on since sixth grade. Mm. And so I thought, you know, it's time to, it's time to break some of these cycles so I met with her she was very awesome it's a really interesting um, company because women don't pay
0: okay that but, makes sense that's actually I've heard from other matchmakers yeah. that the ones that are the most legit women don't pay yeah I
1: loved that
0: and yeah. she has 25 male clients at a time
1: and I'm just kind of now on her radar for I love that yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll see if I mean it's not one of those things where she's like next week I'll send you a person and then the week after that it's just like I'm in her
0: kind of space. like if we were to meet at a party and you were to be like I'm single, do you know of anybody? Exactly. You would be on my radar in the same way. Yes. Yeah.
1: And yeah, the the people that she was you know talking about in her rolodex i guess they do they seem like they have their are shit they together. in entertainment
0: or are they more outside of entertainment
1: i think it's across the board got it and i i just said my main requirement is that they're hot no, yeah <laughs> is that they're, so, they're six Smoking foot five hot. And, yeah Six foot five, babe. No, I'm totally kidding. (laughs) No, I said, I just need them to have their own thing going on. I love that. Yeah, and for sure. Doesn't matter what that is. It doesn't need to be, you know, they run a... Are we allowed to c- curse? Girl. I know. I, I that, What a dumb question. <laughs> um, <laughs> On my podcast? I know, I know. It's not like they have to run a fucking studio, yeah. I guess is what I was going to say, but they just, I want them to have their own thing. Mm-hmm.
0: And Do you think that that circles back to also the validation? Because for me, I definitely feel like I want to be with someone, a man that is successful and has their shit together and that is modeled after my father.
1: Mmm, that's interesting. And so
0: I associate manliness with a guy who seemingly has all the answers, in quotes. Oof. Oh, yeah. girl, I am I hooked. You know, my dad, on my mom and dad's 25th wedding anniversary, flew my grandmother in, didn't tell anybody, flew my grandmother in, got down on one knee in front of our entire family, reproposed to my mom no. with a ring that was twice the size of the original. <laughs> and asked for another 25 years of marriage.
1: <sighs> yeah, you're so fucked. Fucked. That's so sweet. I know. But it's also you y- I take that back. You are, you're not fucked. That, cause that's a real, that is a real person. Your dad is a real person. And
0: he is married to my mom, and I don't <laughs> want it to be with my dad. <laughs> and,
1: but it's okay to have, I think that's another piece that I have had a hard time saying out loud a mm-hmm. little bit. It's okay to have some standards for yourself. I think we're kind of trained to not say that because then it kind of sounds like arrogance or. Oh, I don't give a fuck about that. But just like from the, from sure. the general world I think there's a little bit of like oh you think you're too good
0: and no, honestly I yes I have like I honestly I have the reverse body dysmorphia when I'm walking around I like think I'm th- a model and then I look in the mirror and I'm like wait a second no have I looked like this the whole time the whole time even yesterday you have like yogurt on your face and- well, I'm just always like wait not as hot as I think I am that is not true it's very
1: true that is absolutely not true and it is okay to it's thinking you're worthy Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you think you're too good and I think people conflate that Mm too a lot or conflate those a lot and no. So anyway, so I I heard someone say this perfectly the other day. They're married, but they were saying they were in a conversation about Raya, and they were like, "Oh, do you mm-hmm. think we?" It was her and her husband. She's like, "Do you think we could get on?" Like it was this funny joke, and then she was going down the road. If I was dating now, and if I was on those things, you know, I'm not really at the place in my life where I'm looking at someone for their potential. Oh, uh, yeah. And I had never heard it said like that. And I was like, yes. Yeah, that's right. And that's, I think sounds bad. Some people are going to hear that and really think that sounds bad, but I don't, think, it's just, the I don't truth. think a man would ever feel bad about saying that. I don't either. I also don't know if they think about it. In yeah. That way. They Maybe might, not. They I might not know. be thinking about it in that way. Are you on Raya? Standards. Technically, yes.
0: <laughs> Technically, yes. <laughs> I
1: never so you muted. Okay. I'm not, oh, I need to learn how to do that. I'm not. I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> I just don't swipe. I mean, I've, I have for, you know, bursts of 10 seconds at a time. But then yeah. I just, I really hate it.
0: Yeah. Are you on any other apps or it's just that one?
1: I'm on Raya. I think I'm on Hinge, I think. Okay. I had to join for Monica and Jess season one. Sure, sure. So I think that's when I got on Raya. So that was a while ago. And uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. And I don't look That was look a at pandemic it. ago. <laughs> no.
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So not really into the app game. No. Well, then I think matchmaking is great. We'll see. Because I'm, we yeah. are in similar circles and a lot of our friends are married and or a gay. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Exactly. Not a ton of options. No.
1: Yeah. And it's clo- it's a pretty closed circle, mm-hmm. which happens the older you get. You have your friends and you're around the same people and it's, har- it's hard to meet yeah. other people. I mean, and also, and I choir. don't want to. Let's be honest. I don't want to. I don't like taking the hour of my week to do that.
0: Right. You could be with Anyone the people that you know and love and are already comfortable with or relaxing on the couch, doing whatever. Or yes. you could try and get yourself together, go out, have small talk, do an interview.
1: Yeah. Well, remember, okay, this was like um, a few months ago or something. I was at a bar with Jess mm-hmm. and we were, you know, hanging out. You walked in. Do you remember this? At L&E. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs>
0: Sure, damn. You walked in,
1: and I was like, "Oh my God, Rory's here!" And you were like, "I'm like, I'm going on a date," date." and I was like, "Oh wow!" And then you,
0: your, and then it was not a good date.
1: Yeah, and I just like kept glancing over. You were like a little
0: bit like catty corner. And I was trying to text you and be like, "This is not going well. I'm not into this. Save me." No,
1: and it was it was one of those situations where I was watching this happen, and. Two things were happening. One I was like good for Rory. She's like out on this date. <laughs> and also I was like I'm so glad I'm not on a date right now. Mm. And I'm with Jess and we're chatting and we're having fun and I that don't have to man be a did thing. not
0: buy a single one of my drinks that night. He did not. I mean, and then he thought we were going to go out again. He did. Yeah, of course he did. You can't ask me out and then not buy me a drink. I feel like those are the rules. I I've actually If I ask you out, that. I will offer to buy you a drink.
1: Yes. I think that literally is the rule. <laughs> I, I just heard
0: this also from somebody
1: else. So that's the rule
0: we're saying it now. It's also like it doesn't really matter what the rules are. I will say again because of how I was raised. To me I want a man that wants to buy me a drink. Yeah. Yes. So that's also just my personal preference. Yeah. And I'm guessing it's pretty similar to you. Considering yeah. you're from Georgia.
1: <laughs> yeah that's true. That's true. Oh, God. That's interesting. Do I care about this yeah, I care. I care that you're a Do you know what your love language is, right? Yeah, I am a. I'm a pretty big words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. I'm and gifts. I'm a big gifts. So then buying the drink
0: would be yeah,
1: Important. True. I'm not so much a.
0: You're like not quality time. If I don't see you, <laughs> I like I don't really, we really good, care. Good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can go two or three weeks. <laughs> no, no, no. I do quality time is actually very important yeah. to me. I'm not a huge acts of service person. Mm. And so All I don't know, right. which is kind of funny because my mom is such a big acts of service giver. Mm. That's that's how she shows love. And it's kind of interesting because I'm not that sure that's how I
0: receive, <laughs> receive I love it. that. Yeah. There's probably a book on that. I'm sure. So going back to the story. Yes. Oh, God. Sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> But we're just, we're chilling. Okay. Okay, the whole sex part of it. Yeah. And waiting for marriage. I wanted you to do this specific story for a lot of reasons, but also I know that, is it safe to say you are a late bloomer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't,
1: <laughs> yes. I want you to
0: say it how you say it. Like, yeah. I, I, I would just be like, oh, she was a late bloomer or whatever.
1: Yeah, that's, it's an interesting phrasing. I think that's a nice phrasing. Okay. Although, what's a little bit wrong about that, I think, is I actually don't think I was a late bloomer. Mm. I just think early on, I faced a lot of no's. A lot of rejection.
0: Early on, like, middle school, high school? Yes. Like, all the guys you were into were not into you. Yes.
1: And then there's this, like, classic story. It's, like, at this point, not even really worth repeating, because I've said it so many times, but I, there was this boy who I really liked in sixth grade, and, you know, and he liked me, and our friends were boyfriend and girlfriend, and going out and was so great. And so my friend asked him, like, why don't you ask Monica out? And she, he was like, Ugh, I would, but her parents work at Dairy Queen.
0: And... <laughs> I did get a question about that. See, yeah, it's like lore
1: at this point. It's real, but yeah. And so when she reported that back, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh no, this is what I'm facing. You know, growing up in very white Georgia suburbs, to be fair, not like rural
0: Georgia, but still. I was like, I would say that, yeah, that's pretty hard yeah
1: I mean and I had a great childhood like I don't I think sometimes when we talk when I talk about this it I don't ever want it to come off as woe is me everything was great but those early experiences with dating and boys never went my way Mm. and felt like it was really out of my control I can't change the color of my skin also maybe I should be clear my parents did not work at Dairy Queen
0: (laughs) I also know that your parents did not work at Dairy Queen.
1: <laughs> they did not. My dad's an engineer and my mom's a computer programmer. I mean, also pretty strong Indian stereotypes, but that's Hundo fine. P, yeah, but like pretty on brand. And also,
0: it's okay if they worked at Dairy Queen.
1: It is totally okay. But but he, this
0: idea that he had this image of you that was so far from who you actually were, yes. and was laced with sh- disdain or whatever. Yeah, you, you carry that shame for sure.
1: Well, because it wasn't like it wasn't like fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, because her parents work at Dairy Queen, we get free blizzards. It was no, I can't because you're right. So you know, so that had an impact. So I do think I don't know if some of those incidents hadn't happened. I mean, I do think that tra- by trajectory would have been so, different. so, so different. What was college like? Same? Ish, I mean, by then I had already really developed a crazy protective thick skin and aversion to rejection. So, and I went to University of Georgia, loved Go dogs, but a similar group. Mm-hmm. And yeah, by then I, I was like, I'm not doing, it. I can't do it. Like right. I can't keep hearing a
0: nose. So, so let's just say you, when I met you, you're new to L.A. or yeah. you're in college or whatever. You see a guy and you're like, I'm into him. Mm-hmm. Or would you, was that not even like a thing that entered your mind because it felt like it wasn't attainable?
1: By the time I met you, probably probably it's barely entering my mind.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you seemed competent. That's nice. I mean it, but in ways I was. I know. I think of course that there's divisions, yes. right? Like that you can kind of compartmentalize parts of yourself. Absolutely. And also you can be confident around men as a friend. I actually think
1: that's almost my superpower. Right. Is because I'm not walking into every room wondering who's going to, who could I potentially attract. I think I can be more attractive because I don't, I'm just like me. I'm very mm. me. But then if it starts to turn where it's like, oh, wait. Like now if somebody starts some, to hit on you. Yeah. Then I, then you know flags start going off in my head like oh wait is this something I want do I like uh, uh, you have ah. to think
0: it before anything can happen yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: Or yeah so yeah. then and let me know because I don't know what has been talked about so yeah. how did that first time happen
1: with the b- boy in sixth grade no like when you eventually oh, oh when I had sex yeah okay <laughs> yes I was yeah I, I guess I I, I I mean I'm dying to like shout out this person because I love this person so much you know who it is right yeah, of course okay yeah <laughs> he's so special and we had mutual friends right so we had hung out at a couple parties like small game nights and stuff and then he just started texting me and then we I mean it was really normal he was just like do you want to go get a drink sure and at that point so I was almost 30 I think I think I must have been 29 in my, in my
0: mind I th- thought you were like 30, but Yeah. I also, this is not something I have like really cataloged in a think, way that is,
1: I mean, is. I'm surprised I don't know off the top of my head, but I think I must, I was 29. And are you just terrified as this is happening? Well, two things are happening. One, I was like, I'm 100% having sex with him. Now is the, this is my time. Of course. It's here, this person is hot and nice and great. Yes, that's kind of all I'm thinking about to be mm. honest, which is in retrospect, a bummer because I mean in some ways no, but it is because that person was a potential real partner. Right. Okay. 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 I didn't realize that part. I mean, again, in retrospect, like sure, I I adore him and really think he's a very very good person, and then has all these awesome qualities on top. Like, For sure. But I was not thinking about him in that way at all. I was right. like, he's the person I'm gonna have sex with. You're like, I want to get rid of this stigma. Yes also another piece of the puzzle is I knew that he had a lot of sex right (laughs) right right he was I wasn't the third person he was having sex with sure so did you tell him okay so that was that was the whole thing I was like what do I how do I
0: right because I have a lot of questions about that like from people how do I tell somebody that I'm inexperienced or I'm a virgin. I don't know that I did this the right way. In fact, I definitely didn't. I don't didn't. think there's a right way.
1: I mean, I wish honestly, I wish we could ask him what he would have preferred because this is how I did it. We were undressed. We were taking our clothes. We were like mid about to have sex and I was like, "I got to tell you something." And he was like, "Okay." And he definitely was like you have an STD or something. So maybe it was like a good thing cuz then it was like less in the it blow. It's like a little a bait bit. and switch. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you know, I've never had sex before. And he said, oh, okay. Do you want to? And I said, yes. And he was like, (laughs) right. So, like, he handled it like a pro so perfectly. That's why I say that's a really good person. (laughs) At least he asked. Exactly. Like, consent. We love that. Do you want to was such a good response. Because he made it, he made that about me. He wasn't like, oh shit, okay, well, okay. He really was just like, oh, okay. So, is this some, is what we're doing right now okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I can't believe you waited to the. I know. I was so stressed out. I was so so stressed out. It was our third date and I was like oh, and I knew in the morning I was like okay like we're definitely going to have sex today. I know it. And what do I do? Do I tell him at lunch or do I tell like I I didn't know and I I, I just didn't. And then what after that you were just like cut bait. I'm I'm done. Well, no. I mean, no. We talked. We were still like talking a ton and he he was very sweet and let's do that again, you know, really nice.
0: Yeah. And Good aftercare.
1: Very but then he ended up leaving to do a project. Sure,
0: yes, right.
1: And was very far away. So we chatted during that time, mm-hmm. but it, it was a while. And then when he came back, we hung out. And then I kind of was like, I think I, I felt done. Mm. And I felt like I did the thing. I, I got what I needed out of that. Mm. And that's and that's that. That's a regret, I will say. And I just
0: don't think I was ready to, to be mature. I've talked about how there are things that I have done. Like sometimes I've explored sexually with people that I'm not in relationships with uh-huh. that I don't have the same vulnerability with because yeah. I'm able to be more vulnerable sexually. Interesting. Yeah. When I'm not as emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. that might be me being broken I don't know but it is a truth that has been something for me I don't think that that's right for everybody right yeah. like, but there is something sometimes scary about matching the levels of the vulnerability at the same time and for whatever reason yeah. when I've been with boyfriends and I've felt like our sex life is like drying up like I've talked about bed death before it's been easier to just end that relationship and then go explore sexually and then have a better relationship with sex and love in the next one.
1: Oh, interesting. I don't know that
0: that's... But I guess what I'm saying is I can understand how that happened. Yeah.
1: Well, because think about it. For many most people, they're having sex for the first time with like their high school boyfriend yeah. or like yeah. maybe your heart doesn't mm-hmm. know it at the time, but your brain knows this is probably not forever. Right. And so you can do all that. When you're almost 30, everyone you are in any sort of relationship with could be, be a partner. Yeah. yeah. And so there's an added weird layer there. There's mm-hmm. an added pressure. And I just like couldn't do both things at once at that
0: time. And Have you ever thought about Reaching back out? Yeah. He moved. Right. Right. Okay, well, this is gonna this is gonna really get your fans riled up. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> the mean, love story that we've got to Will. I know. He's he's
1: great. I wish him the best.
0: Yeah. So wait, so thoughts on what's your advice to somebody that is super uncomfortable dating or hasn't had sex yet, or maybe has only had sex like once or twice. If you could go back and redo that conversation, how would you handle that? Honestly, I think
1: I'd do it the
0: same way. Yeah.
1: Because I didn't want that to be the leading the, the present Presenting me. Like, hi, I'm Monica. I haven't had sex yet. Just so you know. No, that's that's like 40th on the list of things about me. Mm. It's the way my life panned out. It wasn't a decision. I was not waiting till marriage or I wasn't even waiting. You were like, listen,
0: (laughs) I actually really wanted to have sex at like 16. It just didn't happen. For real.
1: For real all my friends were having sex with their boyfriends and I was like I don't have a boyfriend (laughs) like there's no one who will be my boyfriend and have sex with me at that time so yeah I'm sorry oh
0: it's I know but that sucks and I'm sure that actually wasn't true. I think what's hard to hear now is that as adults we know that the narratives that we had as children and probably the narratives that we have right now as 30 year olds are not true. I
1: know. Oh I know. I mean that's like all my therapy sessions right are about like breaking down some of those things. Yeah. And also I mean the other thing is even if it is true. Yeah. It's not indicative of the rest of my life and I think that's the part that's been hard. It's like oh Okay so this is me. I'm not I'm not going to have a boyfriend. I'm not going to have a relationship with someone who I want to have a relationship with. Right. Yes, I do I think I could have scrounged up someone in that high school to have sex with me probably yes probably but and that is this weird that is a weird through line in mm. my life today where I do feel like you're like the person that I want doesn't want me yes mm. and not that and again not that that's necessarily true but that's do the you way think I that that's the, the narrative that
0: I have um No.
1: I think you're more well-adjusted
0: than me. See, I think that a lot of people have that narrative is what I'm... Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you know, I've dated, like, probably literally hundreds of people. (laughs) The guy from the bar. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. You didn't date election stealers? (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. <laughs> yes, just just all of it, right? Yeah. And yet I feel like I also relate to what you're saying. Yeah.
1: I think it's it is very relatable. I yeah. mean, no one feels good enough. That's the truth. And that's like That's the truth. That's when we have people on our show and oh my they're god. like
0: And they're like A-list celebrities. Yes.
1: And they're feeling fraudulent and not worthy. It's like, oh, my God. It's just the human condition. So how do you get over that? Or how are you trying to get over that? I think the acknowledgement of it, for one, Mm -hmm. is a big piece of, oh, this is what I'm doing. These are my patterns. I'm slipping into that. So now I have to do some counteraction like the matchmaker. I'm doing this this thing I do, which is like, no, that's too scary mm. to put myself out there in that way. So it's taking, you know, from a AA point of view, the contrary action. It's like, no, I am gonna meet with the matchmaker. Yeah and And in fact I'm gonna go out on a date. Yes. Yeah. So it's just forcing yourself to be uncomfortable and it sucks.
0: Do you not want to go on dates for like quote unquote practice because it feels bad? So I've done it, mm-hmm. and
1: yeah, there's I find that very complicated. How so? Well, for one, if I'm just going on a date with someone who I, I have very little attraction to, or there's if no I'm stakes. Just, there's no stakes, which is that part's good, but also I almost feel like everyone's time is being wasted. Mm-hmm. Like my time, this person's time, then it will most likely lead to some other sort of text exchange where I. Have have to say, hey, actually. I'm not really into yes, this. Yes. And it's like this whole thing feels so annoying. Performative. You know, it does. Yeah. It does. And talk about having compartmentalized confidence. What I will say is I do know how to talk to
0: people. I do know how to be on a date. God, I hope so. I mean, you've basically <laughs> done a thousand of them with all of your podcast episodes combined. I'm pretty.
1: I am practiced in that. I yeah. do know how to have good conversation. And so I don't think I'm bad at Dating. Right. I don't think going on dates is necessarily the problem. I guess what I'm saying is I don't know that I need practice. At that. Yeah, At that. I just need – I need practice at putting myself in a position where I feel like I could get rejected Mm. and being okay with that. That's really where I need to be better and work on it. Fuck, Um, that's hard, yeah. Yeah, and I will, without, without saying too much, I did have a recent experience where I really liked a person and... It was the first, I mean, it is the first time in a while Mm -hmm. that I have been like, oh, wow. I am attracted to this person across the board. Iconic. Yeah. And when I had the realization, Mm -hmm. I cried. Because it was so scary? Yes. Wow. And I thought, if this is another rejection, Mm. I don't think I can take it. I don't know that I'll be able to handle that. And it was. And I handled it.
0: And, you know, and when you say it was, how did that person reject you?
1: It wasn't like I said I'd like to go on a date, and they said no. It wasn't as straightforward right, as right, that. Right,
0: right, right. Um, but enough, enough. Signs. You understood. You picked up. There were. It's like me when I I can tell somebody isn't to me. I might friend zone them in little ways. Actually, in fact, somebody asked me the other day. I have a friend who he is a friend because we went on three dates, uh-huh. and then he let me know that he actually isn't sure which gender he's into date. Oh wow! So okay. like, has not dated anybody in ten years. Wow! And I was like, Oh, I'm not your girl, but I am your Sherpa. Yeah. And so he now calls me all the time, and he was like, Hey, I have a question. I think I'm going out on a date with a person, but I'm not into them. Yeah, what do I do? And I was like, Oh, just start talking about all the people you're dating. Right, easy peasy. It's a pretty clear sign. Clear sign.
1: <laughs> so there are some clear but signs. You survived. Did that give you confidence? It helped. It really did. It was like you know what? Honestly, everything is in this realm. It's all survivable. You can handle it. Mm -hmm. It's fine. It's not gonna break you. It'll be. It'll be a bummer. Yeah.
0: And then, like, that's okay. It's okay. So that was... So it was actually good. It was good. It was a good experience. But also, you know... Remind me to say something when we're off air about that. Because I do have um, thoughts on that. So let's get into, like, some fun questions. Okay. Off the top, you have a lot of lesbian fans Uh, who (laughs) would love to know if you've ever thought about dating them, specifically women, where you're at on the Kinsey scale. Listen... I wish I sure. was attracted to him because
1: I I love women. I have so many close female friends in yeah. my life, but no, I'm not. I'm not. I
0: think what was really interesting what you said to me is that when you are not perceived as somebody who is like having a lot of sex or super sexual, that the immediate assumption of you has been that you're gay.
1: Yes. Oh, I mean, I. A lot of people I, I believe wonder and that's fine. like they can totally wonder, they can ask. I mean the answer is no, I'm not gay but mm-hmm. and I I guess. I guess I get it if it's not the most common scenario for anyone to not be like, to be my age and not be like out and about and dating and have a list of people. But again, that's just, it's just my story. Like it's just the way the events of my life. You're not as
0: uncommon as you think. Well, I've gotten a bunch of questions about it and. I think
1: that's true when when we did Monica and Jess, that was sort of the resounding opinion, which was beautiful because when we first started of that I was like, no one's gonna relate to this. Like, this makes this is so strange. And then, of course, so many people were like, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm so glad that. This
0: was We're said. in such a hypersexualized society. Yeah. The stigma of not having had a boyfriend yes. or of not being super sexual is something that doesn't serve either of us. Yeah. on On any side, men or women, non-binary hoes like me, <laughs> be, people who are less like you, whatever. No, but like it doesn't. I think these weird kind of standards, these boxes that we put people in, which is why I was like so stoked to talk to you about it because we have we couldn't be more different when it comes to our dating history yeah
1: exactly but what's also funny is but then we're also so similar in so many other ways and I think that's important like I do think people think if you're someone who has a lot of sex you're this type of person sure if you're someone who doesn't you're this type of person and none of that is true totally they're just pieces yes yeah Mm-hmm. It's 100. really interesting. I mean, I do. I think society. Yeah. It's like, oh, she, she hasn't had like a boyfriend. a boyfriend. She's
0: She must be gay or asexual or. For me, she's had so many boyfriends. She must be a nightmare. Difficult, damaged, whatever. Exactly. It's like none of that no. is true. Uh, I might be a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> no. I, but. no everyone, everyone's a
1: bit of a nightmare. I mean, let's be honest. We're all people.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And I think a lot of it does. I mean, for me, Going back to the story, I feel like I can very much pinpoint certain years of my life where I was chasing validation and I didn't realize it. Yeah. It's also how I got my heart broken and how I got cheated on so many times back to back.
1: OK, that part of the story, I will say, that part, again, was part of her, I hate this word, journey to mm-hmm. get to like some some level of. Self worth, but how he ended the marriage, marriage engagement, well, engagement. Yes, yeah. he ended the engagement, and then the next thing that we hear is that they're talking, they're continuing to talk to a priest about this. I, I, when someone ends an engagement, I think you you are done with that.
0: Or I would argue even a relationship. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and that was the precursor to this. Of like course. The ending multiple times and the- I would take it a step further and say if it's not an enthusiastic yes, yeah. It's a no. I know. I know. Like anytime I'm like I don't know. I feel like the, I think this guy, meh, maybe it's a no. Yeah, it's a no. Exactly. And also, I always go back to again, my parents. I don't. Your parents are still together. Yeah, they are. Do you think? Like, I'm like, no rom com started off with mm, maybe.
1: Well, what's funny though? Uh oh. <laughs> I do have a little bit different of. I mean, my parents are not your. My dad is is not getting down on one knee and reproposing to my mom. They are still together. They but they're about to hit their. 40th nope yeah 40th I mm-hmm. think uh wedding anniversary but they're not you know they're two India my dad came from India my mom came when she was they both did my mom came when she was six and my dad when he was in his 20s mm-hmm. and it what it's it was like a have the arranged marriage, I would say. It was it wasn't, but it was like two family members who were like, You guys should
0: meet, meet. and maybe Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they did. And their relationship is interesting to me because I, I see and my grandparents too, who had a full blown arranged marriage. And they're happy. Like mm. they're content. They're not super affectionate. They're not you know, the rom-com version. They are not the rom-com version. But they are great companions.
0: It's just an interesting piece of my history. That also ties into the not as much affection. Also makes sense in terms of you not showing a lot of sexual energy. Like physical physical outwardness.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. And that's not, even when we were talking about love languages and when I mentioned my mom, acts of service, they are not physically affectionate towards us either. Right. And I have zero doubt about how much oh, my parents f- love adore you. Me. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's insane. I feel so loved by them. But that piece is not really there. So, yeah, I think I've. Obviously, internalized a lot of that, and that is impacts the way I walk through the world and show love. Yeah.
0: Oh, same. Yeah. In the opposite way. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've been around literally the opposite thing. Yes. And when I went to boarding school, I would touch my girlfriends. I would play with their hair. I would mother them in ways where it's like physical touch that could be seen as romantic and was loving. Yeah. Is not something I held hands with my girlfriends and my guy friends. Yeah. Again, I went to a pretty crazy, out there school, but just touch in general was never I've never shied away from that. Yeah. So even when I'm like flirting like I was talking to a friend who actually kind of similar to you had had you know really like no experience dating. Yeah. She'd never had a boyfriend until last year. Yeah. She was like how do you flirt? And I was like oh well you know like I would uh, make eye contact and a few times while you're talking like look at their lips and have the thought I want to fuck you even if it's you know just because yeah. it subliminally like channeling things. Find a reason to touch their arm or their knee or something. And she was like, I'm sorry. So you're just talking and then you're just going to like touch their knee. And I was like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Shh.
0: No, that was not going to happen for her. her. Uh She goes, that's really fucking weird. Yeah. And not intuitive to me.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting. Well, it is. There's so many types of people. Like another, a mutual friend of ours, after I would go on a date, the first question he'd ask: so was there touching? That's Mm. the first question. And (laughs) I was always like, no, like on a first, to me, that's not required on a first date. But for him, he's Mm. like, oh, that's the indicator. Me too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you can kind of tell. Yeah. There's uh, I have a few That's tells so like I can tell when I feel like there's actual heat emanating yes. between us. Yes. I can tell if a guy's like staring at my lips, if they they touch me, if they move closer, if their knees are pointed inward. There's just yeah. like some body language things that I feel like I'll know. Yeah. Like, mm, he want to fuck. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. and then balls in my court. Yeah. Well, balls always in our court. But yeah. Hard to remember, but good to remember. Always remember. Yeah. Balls in your court. Yeah. back. Is a quick break to say thank you for listening and to ask that if you're enjoying what you hear please do me a favor and rate and review this episode I wanted to be able to make a show that was uncensored and in doing so I had to go fully independent and likes and reviews really help a young show and of course make sure you're subscribed because that's the best way to help me out Um, and that's it I'll shut up and we can get back to the show thanks again for listening Okay, so what do you think the biggest hurdle that's been holding you back in dating? I think, I mean,
1: I guess sort of what we touched on, like, confidence that I'm still, I'm still, like, even if somebody doesn't want me or is not interested, that they don't speak for the world. That you're still 10. I, I would never. Say it. I can't say, say it. <laughs> it. I Monica? can't, I can't Monica? say it. Say it. I can't. I would be lying to you. I mean, I don't even let. I don't even. I told Dax to stop saying (laughs) numbers because I was like, I don't. I don't even know it. I don't like it.
0: Okay, I I'm with you on the numbers (laughs) thing. Okay, we can go. But like, but I'm still worthy. I'm still worthy. (gasps) Okay, we have some (laughs) work to do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yes, no, I mean, look, my therapist says this, too, a lot. She's like, you give a very specific power to a type of person, and that's Mm. because how you were raised. And what does that person look like? That is a tall, white man. That's it? Just tall, white men? They kind of rule
0: this. Elliot! (laughs) (laughs) No, I I give a lot. Of I give them way too much power. Is that because that's what the guy in sixth grade looked like, or
1: no? It's because they make a lot of decisions in this world true. and hold a true. They actually hold a ton of power, and so I have deemed that the person. If I get validation from that person, then I must be worthy, mm. and that's all fucked up. Like it's wrong. But I grew up as a brown person in Georgia, where this that's how it exit That was the world wow. I lived in. Whoa. Okay. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of them. Even even this person who I had sex with fits that bill. Sure. And I think that was also part of why I was like, I'm having sex with him.
0: Right.
2: He because if fits- I can lose my
0: virginity to this guy, that's going to somehow offset the fact that exactly. I didn't have it for so long and... Yeah. Like Did you ever feel empty after that? After we had sex? Well, just because for me, there's always been like a bit of an emptiness when I have been chasing validation from people. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's stupid. It's, it's, well, cause not it's real. It's not real. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I always feel empty. I mean, it's it's always a th- where then you realize these are real people. Everyone's a person. Mm. And so, no, getting validation from them doesn't fix your problems. <laughs> it doesn't make you anything. It doesn't right. do anything. And so... Yeah, it is. I mean, there's emptiness with it. With With this person, I wasn't so much thinking about that because I had so many other things going on. Of course, on. <laughs> of course.
0: It was like huge life-changing shit happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But in general, yeah, like, ev- no. Us putting people on these pedestals is a
0: problem. Yeah, I know. That's the thing I related to the most in this story. Yeah, it's I know. It's, it's It's painful. I'm going to see this person in like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sweat. My palms just started sweating. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! What do? You, what's your best advice for getting back out there after a long hiatus and PTSD from dating apps? Mm. I guess. I mean, this is my struggle,
1: right? It's like so hard to do it. I also went through this phase sort of recently where I was. I was reaching out to a, a lot of trusted friends who most in relationships. Where I was like, "Hey, I'm just putting it out there. I'm single." And I don't, you know, I want a partner. Yeah. And if you know anyone or anyone comes across your radar, let me know or connect to me. Did anybody connect you with anybody? Well, a few people were like, of course. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, I'll keep you in mind. I don't, everyone I know is married. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another piece. And then one person was like, I'm on
0: it. Okay. So we'll see. I I have like, like dumb advice. Yeah. I feel like. Sometimes for me, it's an energetic shift, and it's start talking to people everywhere all the time. Yeah. All of my boyfriends have come from real life. Yeah so yeah. i think apps can be great and i've dated people off apps they've never turned into well that's not true i haven't had a i had some on raya but i find when you're standing in line and you see a guy's cute instead of just like keeping your head down on your phone yeah start to pay attention when you're in the grocery store comment oh my god i love your shoes yeah or your dog is so cute or 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 whatever it is just interact like, interact yeah. and not being afraid to have conversations with people don't Look away when you're holding a hot guy's eye contact. Yeah. I'll just like keep that going. Yeah. Because you never know and even if it's not that moment, I feel like that's the kind of energy. Totally. That translates when you least expect it. Yeah. Well,
1: no, for sure. And I when someone gave me good advice at one point and they were saying, "You know, your sign, you're open, like on your yeah, business. Yeah,
0: the sex in the city, se- city cab light, the cab light on. Yeah,
1: yes. Your open for business sign is not on, mm. it's off. You have to turn that thing on so people know. Yeah. And that takes effort. That takes walking through the world and behaving and interacting, like you said, as if I am open for business. Yeah.
0: And I also think part of that's also masturbating. I know that's crazy. Oh, yeah. But I think like part of it is like also just feeling more sexual, just all. I,
1: I'm gonna counter. Oh, because love I, this. for me it can be a crutch mm. because I I'm like I don't need. A person, <laughs> like I am doing just fine with meeting my own sexual needs, okay. So you can, pl- you can kind of spin it, both
0: foiled ways. me there, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see, I see, yeah, I, can I mean, see how both. that would be a problem, but yeah. for me, yeah, it's sure. like
1: I don't want to go on this date with this annoying person and then okay. bring them back, and pr- it probably not be fun or good when right. I know how to get what I want on my own. Oh man,
0: I know that's a that is a lot of sexual experiences. <laughs>
1: Right. No, I'm, I'm
0: yes. dead serious. Yeah. It's wild. I know. And then it then you feel shitty. Yeah. Very, very true. Very yeah. true. I mean, a lot of it is advice for people who don't know how to put themselves out there. Yeah. Maybe
1: a good piece of advice is like just start by doing anything different. Anything. So just practice that muscle of like what I do in my routine. I'm going to change that up today. Just start with one thing. One thing. And then you'll get a little bit used to like pivoting and
0: changing your getting to fear yes and, and that's then also a huge the rejection one. because yeah. I think it's both right it is you know when you started podcasting maybe you were nervous and yeah now you don't think twice exactly it's, it's all- like a stand-up getting up the first hundred times are gonna be terrifying yeah. but when you get to the 400th time you're not yeah you feel more
1: confident and it's like kind of what I was just saying about this more-, more recent experience you just learn it's not
0: gonna kill you Mm-mm. No. You kind of got to have, you have to learn that. I know <laughs> The, the only way. way is to go through it. Yes. It's, and I like to always think about the fact that all of my favorite authors, all my favorite art is about that moment. Yeah. And that when you're experiencing that rejection or that heartache, you're now part of a legacy of all oh, the things that you love. Totally. That is a beautiful, like when you have
1: heartbreak and stuff, mm-hmm. it, it, you hear songs in a new way. It's like, 100%. oh, I get it. I'm part of this
0: world. Yes. But like, yeah. You get yeah. to be part of the club. Yeah. So freezing your ex. Yes will you do it again and also do you think you you want kids yes I
1: will do it again Mm -hmm. I want kids I don't I'm not a person who feels like they were born to be a mother Mm. I know I'm not born to carry there you go I mean yeah I I think it's good to know that and you know some people some people from age seven are like I'm gonna be a mom I know we have a friend like that yes exactly exactly I have many who really and I've never been like that. However, I especially through the egg freezing process, mm-hmm. I I really had to sort of sit with the fact that I really do want them mm. and mainly because we have we have a lot of kids in our, our friend circle group. yeah mm-hmm. I know and one in particular I'm very close to I've, I've sure. been in her life since she was three weeks old and it's such a special it is such a special love mm-hmm. and experience and I, I yeah I'm like I think that if I can if it's in my cards mm-hmm. I want to I want to try my
0: hardest too.
1: I don't know what that looks like though I'm not I'm definitely not saying I don't know with or without a partner I don't know I don't know
0: yeah I know it's it's weird to have those thoughts
1: isn't it it's weird that we can have those thoughts yeah now I guess. it's an option to a lot of things
0: are on the table right I know donor eggs Exactly. Which so many people use and don't talk about openly yet, but yeah. I hope that we get to a place where that becomes more normalized because not every woman can have children on their own. No. And, yeah. Yeah. It's Do hard. you feel like freezing your eggs? I mean, I know that it didn't end up the way that you wanted it to, yeah. but in theory will give you take some of the pressure off the ticking time clock. Well, that was the goal. Right. It didn't because it didn't go great. Uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Little snafu there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and I, I also want to say, so I, yeah, I got two eggs. I yeah. think you know that. Which ideally, in the most perfect world, you have 15 to 20 eggs. So that that you know, that's not great. But I also believe that they kind of, you know, it's also a, a business. And they make it out to be that unless you have 15 to 20, you're doomed. You're doomed. Yeah. And the more research I've done, the more people I've talked to, that's not... True. Two eggs is two eggs. It's right. not zero eggs, which right. is sort of how I have, like, how I took you it. You immediately were like, I failed. I have yeah, yeah, I totally yeah, yeah. failed. I got zero eggs. Like, all of that was for nothing. And it's not necessarily true. So I do, I think about those two eggs very fondly. And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, is one, one of those eggs going to be my kid? It could be. That's crazy. Which is so crazy. Holy, whoa. I know. It's exciting.
0: But yeah, so I got a couple of questions from people that I loved. Okay. And a lot of them had to do with how to support a single friend who doesn't want to be single but hates dating. Uh-huh. Another one, similar but different, is my best friend is single and I never know if I should ask her about dating or not. How can oh, I help? Interesting.
1: Both of those are great. I know. Yeah. To the first question, I mean, I guess... First of all, it's no one's job to take care of another person's situation. However, I do think that when you're in a relationship, I do think you get immediately, it's like amnesia. I do think you really forget pretty quickly what it's like to not be walking through the world with With like a a person. And I just want people in relationships to try (laughs) to do their best to sort of click back in every now and then to what that experience is like. It's a chosen experience often. But I do, yeah, I I just think considering what it's like to be a single person and remembering yeah. what it's like. Be mindful of that. Yeah. Be
0: kind. Yeah. It makes a difference. I mean, even... Yeah, to be included in things so that it's not just couples. I also think yes. don't play into the negativity. Yes, dating sucks. But also, that's not helping anybody. <laughs> it just isn't. Yeah. And Agreed. I think trying to be positive and also maybe ask your friend the, the questions that, are, that we're talking about because I do think one of the biggest things is the more we talk about things they become destigmatized. Yeah. So this idea of like you know I'm not sexually advanced or I've been single or I've never had a boyfriend like start talking about that because the longer you have to hold on to that by yourself the bigger the shame grows around it. Yes. And then it's going to be harder to dismantle it. Yeah. And I also I mean
1: in keeping with this this is a a little bit of a sidebar but it just reminded me when we were talking about masturbating and stuff like just because you aren't having a lot of sex this is another misconception does not mean you're not sexual Mm. and does not mean i mean it that means more likely that there's some sort of hurdle or block interpersonally or with rejection or with social anxiety that that's not necessarily tied to your sexuality which is a very weird thing to to hear because we all do that we all of course pair up sex with sexuality Mm -hmm. but I actually think they're separate how often you're having sex or how outward you are with other people as opposed to like how sexual you are right right yeah, I mean, I also know a lot of people who've had a ton of partners who are not sexual. Me too. At Me all. Too. Me too. So, like, again, it, yeah. it, it's it's so nuanced, and I it is think so nuanced. It, yeah, we, we have to just like remember that, like, not like cut everyone with such a broad or paint everyone with such a <laughs> brush. You guys, Monica masturbates, okay? A lot, you guys. We <laughs> <T-L-T-R. laughs> Of course I do. Of course I do. And if you're not, you should be. Yeah, I, I... I mean, I yes. shouldn't, say sh-
0: shouldn't say should, but like, try it out. It's mm, fun. No, I think everybody <laughs> should, to be totally honest, because if you don't understand your body, how are you expecting somebody else to understand your body? Yes. And and by the way, you might discover that with someone, Yeah. but it puts a lot of onus and power in the hands of the person that you're with. And that can lead to unpleasant experiences. Totally. Totally. You know, yeah. I'm like a cruise director, and, and I st- <laughs> we still don't always... Hit Hit the X on the spot, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And is
2: yeah. underwhelming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Has therapy helped your dating life? Mm, has it helped my dating life? It's helped my life. Mm. And I think it's all tied together. I mean, God, it is. it has changed my life yeah. in such a massive way. And a lot of it does have to do with how I perceive people's limitations and... So yes, I think that in relationships of any kind, Mm. that's a huge piece and one that I think I specifically need to work on. That's a hard battle for me. Like I feel like everyone can be their best self and that's not really true. But people have real limitations Mm. and... Can you give me an example? Yeah. Let's just make it super literal. If you are an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. you have a real limitation. You cannot drink alcohol. Sure. That is not them not trying hard enough, it's real yeah and I, th- I
0: literally just lost a friend three days ago
1: oh yeah. I'm so sorry it's, but it's, it's horrible it's, it's I mean, real it's, and
0: people battle with this their whole lives and it is and
1: it's not for lack of willpower or lack this of trying person
0: tried I know oh, it makes me really upset of course they tried really hard they tried really hard for a lot of years and um, yeah yeah
1: it's so it's so, I mean there's nothing sadder I, it's but that's like such a hard example that I think people can relate connect to yeah to, but it happens even among emotionally like mm. this person might not be able to be affectionate in the in this way that you want it might actually be a limitation
0: right Y- oh, my gosh. Yes. People right? who are classically avoidant, you know, if you're an anxious attachment style, they might want to be with you. They might want to have a relationship with you, but they can't show up in the way that you need them that to. You, you, that's or that good for you. that makes you feel loved. Exactly. hundred yeah, percent.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's knowing that people aren't doing things on purpose or not trying hard enough. Mm. They have a limitation, and we all have them. Yeah. So having some grace for that too, and knowing your own, and and understanding others, and also knowing like you're never gonna end up with someone who has no limitation. Like we- they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And it's deciding what you can handle and what you can't for you.
0: Yeah. So normally I do speed round questions, but I feel like for you, you had so many fan questions that let's just do a speed round of their questions. Okay. Biggest turn-ons and turn-offs for guys? Biggest
1: turn-on is funny. I mean, it's just so obvious, but it's so true. I mean, it's just so true. Charming and funny. I mean, it is. Love it. A turn-off would be, oh God. I hate to say this, but needy. Okay. I feel bad about that one. Why? I do feel bad because... Sometimes I think this comes at odds and can be confusing for people because you know some of what we say is like I just want someone nice and I want someone there and I want someone to text me and I want someone to call me and then also simultaneously
0: they're too needy. <laughs> I, I I can see that it's a fine line to walk. Can I say something that is unsolicited? Yes. That might be rush, br- brushing up against your validation issues. Just let me explain. Yeah explain. So he might be coming off as needy because you haven't had to quote unquote prove yourself Work War- for it. You haven't had to work for it. So, like, what might be baseline, just nice, polite, might be seen as needy because you don't perceive him to be on a pedestal. For sure. I think
1: it is totally I deal all with tied that sometimes in. too. Yes. Look,
0: I, I, I'm like, I'm a Sag, but it, it has to do with my. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. But I, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. What's your perfect date activity in your mind that allows for fun and openness? Mm.
1: I mean, I'm kind of classic getting a wine bar.
0: Yeah. Love it. How do you filter out duds without losing hope? Oh, I lose hope <laughs> every day. I, I'd have zero hope.
1: Um, I don't know. I don't. That's a hard one. A filter out. I also like, what's a dud? Again, like, what are we? Th- there's all that's specific to each person.
0: Right. Would you be willing to let Dax set you up with Jonah Hill? Yes.
1: I think he's in a relationship,
0: but if not, yes, Amazing. love Jonah. <laughs> um, would you ever date a woman? No, no. We I wish. mean, I guess
1: never say never. I don't want to like be the person who's like no, but as yeah. of now,
0: no. Do you consider yourself picky? Yes, yes. Do you ever feel lonely? Yes. Thoughts for sex on a first date? Think, sure, if you want to. Yeah. Right.
1: If they're hot and you want to. And <laughs> kind of attractive. This. Have you ever had a hoe face? No. <laughs> I know. I wish. I mean, I do think. It's coming. It could come. Pun intended. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> do you have a type? I would say funny. Yeah. How is your dating life going on a scale from one to ten? Four. Okay. I don't want to say zero, but it's, but it's, it's yeah. Chest hair or no chest hair?
1: Oh. I actually I don't have a preference. It depends on the the, the whole the person. thing. Yes. Yeah.
0: I love that. And then I guess we'll end it with what I always end it with, mm. which is what is the best dating advice or relationship advice you've ever been given?
1: Mm. Maybe it's uh, I just got it twenty seconds ago <laughs> that the ball is in your court. I mean, really, like that you're not you're not waiting to see if they're picking you. I think that's oh, a bit. babe. A hundred percent. It's a mutual thing going on here. But, you know, it's – I think for a lot of women, it's hard to see it like that. You really feel like you're there to prove yourself and you're on trial and you're going to get a score or a grade at the end Mm. of it. And it's – not that way.
0: Yeah. The best thing that I would say to you is that if you can remind yourself before every date that this is as much, if not more, about you deciding whether they're worthy enough for you, it will change the power dynamics. It'll change the way you approach things. Yes. Everything. Yeah. No. I know. Yeah. I think that's great. I'm so glad you came on. Me too. Thank you for having me. This I was super fun. I really hope that anybody that's listening that feels like they are not typical or whatever in terms of their dating journey or their sex journey feels like less alone in that. I hope so too. Because I'm just so grateful that you came on. We've had such different journeys with You know, I mean, we're like literal polar opposites. Also, you're in white and I'm in black. Oh, yeah. We didn't even plan it. We didn't. I was worried you were going to be in overalls, to be totally honest. (laughs) I love an overall. But yeah, I don't know. If there's any final thoughts to any of the people who are like, I don't feel seen in the mainstream. For
1: this matchmaker,
0: I had to fill out
1: a, a little questionnaire after we talked. And one of the questions was, when was your last serious relationship? Or like, tell me about it or whatever. And I had the instinct as I had have my whole life of, oh her. my God, I'm so scared of that question. Oh, because she said, feel free. You can pick what you answer. You don't have to answer every question. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'm definitely not Skip answering it. that. Skipping it. And then I wrote, I would have skipped this nine times out of 10 my whole life. And I'm not skipping it because it doesn't mean anything negative about me that the answer is I haven't had one. It's just what it is. And it doesn't mean I'm I'm bad or it doesn't mean it doesn't can't mean anything. not do it exactly it's just that i have not yeah and so i i want i guess i would want that for people is don't own it in some ways own it it's who you
0: are it's part of your story and anything can be spun into a yeah exactly monica padman where can people find you if they want more of you they can f- listen to armchair expert they can listen <laughs> to race
1: to 35 they can listen to we have a lot of podcasts out there i know there's four million there's so many yeah armchair expert being the main one and instagram
0: at ml padman or guys get on brian swipe away you may or may not find her I might be there thank you so much thank you yay, yay. yay. <laughs> super fun <laughs> a quick thank you to monica padman and to of course kirsten lyons for being so open and honest about her life i hope you loved today's episode i personally did You can find more about Monica or Kirsten in today's show notes. Thanks again for listening and see you next Tuesday.